everyone. This is episode 596 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, March 1st, 2019. I am your host, Mark Krishnez, and today I'll be talking about probably some more Apex Legends, but I have a new game to talk about, Treasure Stack, which is a drop puzzle game, a block dropper, if you will, in the same vein as Tetris, or Dr. Mario, or Columns, or Puyo Puyo, or what have you, but it has its own little shtick, its own gimmick, and I'll let you know if its shtick is uh, up to task, if, it, if it's worth adding to your already abundant collection of similar type games. And that's pretty much it gaming-wise. There's a new event going on in Hitman 2, which I am excited to go through. It's in, what is it? Uh, is that area mexico or not but it's the one that has the like shaman dude with his handful of followers and it has to do with him and you got a lot of things where you gotta collect a bunch of druggy looking things with him uh for one of the challenges i don't know it should be fun but i'm still saddened by my missing the last elusive target the new one comes out in six days but the fact that I missed the last one and that when I look at my elusive targets, I'm going to have that one as a missed opportunity or whatever. It really bums me out and it makes me not want to go back because I just feel like there's always going to be that one part missing. Unless they hopefully, like the last time, uh, bring back all the elusive targets when they finish them up, when they have no more to do. Though, I don't know if that will just be a rehash and they'll be their own little thing or if that'll fix that missed I, I just don't want to have that missed opportunity it makes me very sad because that that was the one thing i wanted to make sure i did with hitman 2 was to not miss an elusive target and i got the first three or four and then of course i missed the one because i forgot about it hours late if i was just a few hours earlier uh, i still would have had my chance to get it which is disappointing but outside of Apex Legends and Treasure Stack, I haven't played too much else. Not not enough of other games to talk about them yet to give my full impressions. But uh, I'm going to get right to it with Treasure Stack. So Treasure Stack is a puzzle game where blocks, if you will, are falling from the, the top of the, the screen. But these blocks are treasure chests, thus the treasure in the name. And they come two at a time, uh, one on top of the other. There are no other shapes. You can't rotate them, but you can pull them down with a grapple to get them down quicker. Because you are controlling a little guy as opposed to controlling the blocks directly, like in a lot of these games. You are controlling a little guy and you move around you pick up the blocks when they are on the ground to make matches and all that. And I guess it's an attempt to mix platforming with block-dropping puzzle games. And I appreciate the idea and, and the attempt to add a little spice to the genre and try something new. You know, it's always nice when things try to do different things, but it doesn't always work. And as far as I'm concerned... It doesn't work at all in Treasure Stack because in my 
few hours with the game. I at no point felt comfortable with the mechanic. It never, it never clicked, and I found it frustrating when I should have been finding it fun. And maybe you might say that if I put more time into it, I would start to get a hang of it and it would start to finally click and feel right and feel good. But the few hours I put into it so far have not convinced me that I should give it more time, that it is deserving of more time because the time I put into it already has not been fun or enjoyable in any way. And the reason for this is because one, controlling the guy and using him to or the girl the, the the character I mean there's there are four characters unlocked at the beginning you can unlock more they seem to be too I I don't know they seem to be more I don't know gender wise I'd say they're more female than male like there might be one male but none of them they they're not the most detailed characters it's not like a super detailed game it's more pixel art esque. Uh, but you can unlock like a ninja and I think I unlock like some shark dude or some weird looking fella. Anywho, you play as one of these characters and you you can jump one block high. No dub, double jumping or anything. You can't upgrade any abilities or anything like that. And when you are moving these blocks around, they fall at a pretty slow pace uh, and if you pick up a giant stack and then drop it below you by pressing down and the drop button, which is X, I'm playing on Xbox One, or I think Y as well, uh, multiple buttons do the same action, you will then be propelled to the top of the stack, which is a good way to get high since you can't jump more than one block, which I found very frustrating. I really wanted to be able to jump two blocks. I don't know if that would have made a big difference in terms of my enjoyment, but Every time I was jumping around, I felt like I should be able to jump two two blocks high so that I could jump over two blocks, but you can't do that, which makes it a lot more finicky than it probably would be otherwise, but I can't say since there is no option to give yourself a double jump or, or make jumping higher. Uh, that's just my guess, having put a few hours into the game. And the fact that you can't rotate the blocks at all is frustrating you can't even flip them so that the the object on the top is on the bottom or anything like that which is annoying so you have to get it to the ground and then pick up the one that is on the top if you want to get the one on the bottom and so you have to put the one on the top place it somewhere else then get the one on the bottom place it where you want to place it then if you put the one on top somewhere that you didn't want it you got to go then pick that back up and move it and i just find it incredibly tedious and it gets very hectic very quickly i mean the the modes in the game are local play online play uh single player and that's it from my recollection and i'm i'm convinced that the online play is horseshit uh not, when i say that what i mean is while you probably can play against other people i'm not convinced that you are always playing against online people because I was playing this prior to it launching, so there weren't a lot of people playing it. You know, the, the the number of people playing online would be very low. So the fact that when I try to get into an online match, there always seemed to be someone available immediately, and they were always 
very, very good. I'm somewhat convinced that if you can't get into an online match with another player, a real human player, it'll just throw you up against an AI. That, that could be uh, wrong, you know. I have no evidence to to uh, prove this, to justify this opinion. But one of my reasonings for this is because uh, when you start the match and during the match and when the match is over, at no point do you see another person or your per or your uh, gamer tag. There's no name of any kind that differentiates you between the other person. Like you, you know that you're on this side of the screen and the other person's on the right side of the screen, but there's no name, and that just it seems weird. It seems weird that there's no name, so I don't know who I'm going up against. And that means it would be easy for them to throw in AI uh, so that the online always feels active, which I'm not against. I, I think it's good if a game can handle AI opponents or if, if the developers implemented AI so that if you are unable to find online people uh, to play with that you can just play against AI even if it's uh, you know implemented in online I think like that disco dodgeball game did something of that ilk and of course there are games that have bots if you don't want to play online or can't find a match online uh, like with the at sundown and stuff like that but I'm just I don't know the person I played against they seem to be really really good and maybe, I'm not saying people can't be really good at this game. They 100% can. But the fact that I couldn't see their name made me pause and think. Is this, is this true? And also the fact that I found a match immediately. There was no wait time at all. And with these games, especially prior to launch and these small indie games, it's not easy. It's not that easy. Uh, I should, I should be at least waiting, I feel like 15, 30 seconds and shouldn't be one, like right away. The second I, I, I launched the online play, I, I find a match, but I could all be wrong. Either way, it doesn't matter because I don't think the game is fun. I think it's frustrating. I don't like it mechanically. I think the shtick of having you play as the character in the space um, manipulating the blocks yourself is interesting but poorly implemented in, in treasure stack I wouldn't be against them trying some other things and you know giving it another go but as it stands I'm not I'm not feeling it and it's disappointing because I was really looking forward to it but uh, I ended up rather disappointed with it uh, again, that is Treasure Stack. It is on Xbox One and Switch, I believe, and I, I don't, I don't think it's on PS4, but I, I could be wrong there, and I don't know about PC. But it is twenty bucks, and uh, yeah, I would. To me, Treasure Stack is a perfect example of a game that would benefit from the old days on the 360, where every Xbox Live Arcade game had a demo or a trial, they call them. Uh, of course, that's not going to happen anymore because there is no differentiation between games anymore on the platforms. Every game is just a game. There's no arcade section or, or what have you. But 
when I look at Treasure Stack and after playing it, I think to myself, I really didn't like this. But that doesn't mean everyone's going to really dislike this. Like This is a specific mechanic that some people might find really fun and enjoyable. I can't see why someone would feel that way, but of course people are going to be out there because not everyone likes everything. You know, there are people who don't like Tetris, uh, which may shock people. They might think that, oh, Tetris is just universally loved by everyone. No, there are people who don't like Tetris. There are people who don't like Luminous and people who don't like Columns, which are crazy. Columns is so good. I had Columns. The only version of Columns I had for the Genesis, I think, was in a six-pack. I think it was in there. They had like a game, the game with the egg guy and a rally racing thing and something else. It might have had Revenge of Shinobi or a Shinobi game in there. That's not important. Anywho, that's Treasure Stack. Uh, I, I would recommend not checking it out. <laughs> I don't like saying that, but it was just at no point fun. And that that sucks. That there was there there was no point in my time with the game where I enjoyed myself. Oh, what else is there to say? Uh, anywho, Apex Legends. Talk about it briefly because I played quite a bit more with my friend, which was nice. But also, I saw some news that Fortnite has implemented a ping system of their own. So, you know, first Fortnite, the survival game, adds battle royale. Then they add the ping system, and let's let's wait for the next Battle Royale game to have its own really great system that Fortnite takes. Uh, and I, I was playing with another random who was talking about how Fortnite is so much better, and I just, I don't I don't I don't get that. I guess if you like building, Fortnite is the game for you because that's what it's all about. But if you want a game that feels good. Where the shooting feels good, get out. Don't if you say Fortnite is the best feeling battle royale game, you're out of your fucking mind. It is nowhere close to the best feeling. I would I would say uh, Apex Legends feels better than Blackout, then Realm Royale, then I'll give it to Fortnite, probably. Uh, maybe PUBG feels better now, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Apex Legends is still fantastic. Played with my friend and one of his friends who has played a lot of Apex Legends. They're already up to like level 87. And I think I, I checked and they've put in about 150 hours in the game. My clock is off because it I've left the game running in just the main menu. Uh, so it's not completely accurate. But I'm at like level 31, I think. And I... I love it so much. Won a few more matches. Had some really good kills. Uh, had a very great match that we didn't end up winning, but I got six kills, which felt pretty nice. And I just I can't wait for whatever big changes are coming in the future uh, for the season pass to come out and all that. And I just love playing it. it it's the game that makes me feel really good and i'm now trying to think about this year and the end of the year 
and where Apex Legends might end up in my top 10. I mean, I know it's going to be in my top 10 for sure, but it might be really high. Of course, it's number one right now, but I'm trying to think of other games that could compete with it. I don't know. But Apex Legends is fantastic. You've heard me say it once. You've heard me say it twice. You've heard me say it thrice. And you've heard me say it way more than thrice. <laughs> Anywho, uh, in terms of anything I've been watching or, or what have you, I watched Twilight Samurai, which is a fantastic samurai movie. Maybe my favorite samurai movie of all time. Which is saying something, because there are some really, really good-ass samurai movies out there. But this one is not as action-heavy. It's about uh, that era when it's about coming to an end. And it follows this samurai, the Twilight Samurai, who doesn't get much of a stipend. His wife has died. He has two daughters to look after and a mother uh, suffering from Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, uh, one or the other. And it follows him as he's dealing with a bunch of hardships. And how, And what's nice is that it's a slower, sweeter, softer samurai story that isn't about sword play and all that. There, there are a few bits of fighting in the movie which are intense and well shot and choreographed and, and well set up and just the way they go about handling those scenes is really good especially the the last one which involves a lot of talking as well but it, it's this samurai the twilight samurai who is very content with his life and he loves his daughters so much and, and watching them grow and that brings him so much joy. He doesn't need, I don't know, all these riches or anything. He doesn't need anything other than his, his family. And he's not that into the samurai life anymore. He's he's lost his uh, drive for that and would be fine just being a farmer at this point. But things happen that push him to do some things that he would otherwise not and it's just it's it's very very well told and well written and well it's just it's a perfect movie and i love the hell out of it. it the the main actor who plays the twilight samurai is someone i've really enjoyed in other stuff i think most people would know him from either the last samurai not ken would not would not to be, uh, but his like right hand man who was very hesitant and uh, rough with Tom Cruise in the beginning, but also he was the father in the Wolverine, the father of the the daughter who was the love interest. Um, he's a great actor, and he's fantastic in this movie. Uh, you know, you can find it on demand. I own it on Blu-ray. It's not the greatest transfer, but doesn't matter because of the movie itself is just so damn good uh and then i i've started watching a uh, is it bright a brighter summer day which I, I think might be a taiwanese movie that is just under four hours i i'm 
through about three hours and 15 minutes. So I think I could talk about it at this point, but it's, it's very good. Of, of course it's, it's long, but despite that, it doesn't feel long. I mean, of course it, it feels long in the sense that, you know, you're watching a movie that is going on and on and on past the point where other ones would stop. But I, I, I at no point have been bored with it. I've been engaged with the movie the whole time and I'm interested in seeing where it plays out. And it's based on a true story. I don't know how closely it's based on a true story, but uh, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on and I would highly recommend checking it out. If you want to see something that is, uh, that takes its time and it follows some gang activity and this, I mean, there are a lot of characters, but one of the, the focuses is this kid named Sir, I believe, who is a smart kid, but he's, you know, in a lot of situations where uh, he, he doesn't have as many options. He, he can be a bit uh, hot-headed, not too much, but he, he has like a sense of honor that uh, he should at times maybe just put aside but it's very good and then i started watching the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford is that the full title and i did not like it i watched maybe half of it and that was enough for me i just found it to be long in the in the wrong ways and slow in the wrong ways but more so than anything, I found the constant narration to be very heavy-handed and excessive and annoying when I would just rather they show and not tell. You know, this is a, a film as a visual medium. There's no point to have narration all the time telling me about this or that and, and oh, this happened and blah, 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 blah. Show me. I guess the fact that it's already like a two-hour and 45 minutes that if they took out the narration and showed me what they were talking about uh, at some of the points, it would be even longer, which isn't a good thing when uh, you're you're not forced, but you choose to use narration to make your movie shorter, and it's still long as shit. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it uh, of note to talk about, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that will do it for this year episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i am your host marcus nez y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage this site is of course pixelated sausage.com where you can find this podcast the pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog which are all available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play apple Podcasts, and spotify and if you'd like to check out the video version of this year's show or attack the backlog you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch both of them there along with other videos like anime reviews and what have you and also you should uh get excited because new episode of attack the backlog will be coming out this sunday and it's all about celeste episode 12 the celeste episode and if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and 
everything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. And of course, uh, the best support is just telling your friends and, and people on the street who you don't know. Just go up to a stranger and say, hey, do you like video games and anime and weird art uh, or just any of the above? You don't have to like all of them. You just need to like one of them if you, if you do. Boy, oh boy, do I have the site for you. Spreading the word is uh, one of the best things you can do and also very sweet and nice and very appreciated. Anywho, that will do it. So, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye. Bye.